Do you ever feel like an imposter? Like one day someone will catch you out as a fraud. Like your kids will need therapy to recover from the dark secrets that are happening in your home and in your life. If you've ever felt that way, this episode will help you discover how to overcome any sense of imposter syndrome as a parent so that you can be liberated and just enjoy your time with your kids and feel comfortable in your own skin. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hi, I'm Avital. My work focuses on empowering parents with actionable and inspirational and often alternative ideas to try on for size on their parenting journey. So my goal is to help you, my fellow imperfect but intentional parent, say goodbye to clutter, chaos and conflict and reclaim peace presence and play for your family. So what I do is I take what I learn from research, books, articles, my own coaching practice, and my own life experience. I homeschool my four children, and I share the thoughts uh, that I believe may serve you and might resonate with you. I'm very interested in a wide range of approaches to relationships, to the home environment, and to life itself. And I'm a little allergic to dogmatic teachings or to a one-size-fits-all approach. I'm out here vulnerably and hopefully bravely trying to share my heart and my light and my discoveries in the hopes that it contributes to peace on earth, but never to hurt, shame, blame, or guilt anyone. So if I've ever missed the mark with you, with the wrong terminology for you, or if something I've said seems insensitive, or you're feeling the resistance rise up inside of you, two things. One, switch me off and go and watch bad lip syncing on YouTube. You can thank me later. And two, I'm sorry. I'm learning. And I know that I, just like everyone else, am not for everyone. So you can always scroll on by to the next podcasting chick that might resonate better with you. So today we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. But before we do, I have to shout someone out. And that is Words by Lorna, who left me this lovely review on iTunes. She said, perfect podcast for any parent. I've worked with babies and children for 20 years, studying every aspect and philosophy. In all that time, I've never come across a resource like The Parenting Junkie. Avital acknowledges that she doesn't know everything. (laughs) That's absolutely right, Lorna, I do. That there is no one right answer. And she has created an amazingly warm, supportive space for parents and carers to learn, explore, and become the parent they want to be in the way that works for their family. It's a unique and wonderful thing. Dive right in. I think you'll love it. Oh, Lorna, thank you so much. These words really warmed my heart. And if you haven't left me a review yet, I would so appreciate it if you do. Just go over to iTunes, leave me a review. I read them. I love them. And they really bring me so much joy. So thank you so very much to Lorna and to everyone else who's leaving those amazing reviews. They help this work get out in the world. They help it to be more discoverable on iTunes. And it really makes a difference. So let's talk about imposter syndrome. You may not have heard of this term, but imposter syndrome is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. So 
how does this apply to parenting? Because it easily applies to things like career, right? If you say you're a writer, you might have imposter syndrome feeling, well, well, I'm not a real writer. I'm not a New York Times bestseller. I'm not really published properly. Not a lot of people read it or my writing is scrappy or I have spelling mistakes or whatever it is. You might not feel like you're a true writer, right? We have that easily in the entrepreneurial space, in our careers, right? But I think we have it as parents too. And I see it time and time again when people write to me. And let me know if any of these things is, you know, something that you can relate to. But if I was to compliment you on your parenting, right? Say I was to tell you, wow, you're a great parent. You're a fantastic parent. Just take a moment now and think what comes up for you. If someone tells you you're a good mom or dad, right? What comes up for you? And let me know, If it starts with a, "Mm, yeah, but, right? Does it start with a qualifier? Does it start with a contrast? Does it start with something saying, hmm, that's not the entire truth. I'm a good mother, but. I'm a good parent, but I only, I only have one child, or I only have young children, or I work, I'm just with them at bedtime and on the weekends, or I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Like, yeah, I'm a good mom, but I stay at home. I don't even have a career. Or yeah, but I have a lot of help. Or yeah, but I'm very privileged. Or yeah, but we live near family. Or yeah, but my kid is very easy. Or yeah, but you should see what we eat for dinner. It's normally cereal. Or yeah, but you should see my child's tantrums or the dark side of my parenting. Like you only see me out and about, but if you really saw what goes on behind closed doors, you'd know that I'm not really a good mom. You'd see how aggressive I can get, or you'd see how I, you know, how I yell. You should see me yelling. You should see me punishing. You should see the way I treat my husband. You should see the way, the way I uh, stuff my face with chocolate at the end of the day. You should see the way I, you know, try to escape my children and run away to the gym just to get a quiet moment. Or you should see how happy I am when they're finally asleep. Or you should open up my head, crack my head open and see my thoughts of, oh, I wish I could give my kids back. Or I'm jealous of my single friends. Or I'm still fantasizing about my high school boyfriend. Or all these different things. I mean, fill in the blank with your dirty little secret, right? Everybody has one. So if I say to you, you're a great parent, but you have a qualifier in your head, like I could be considered a great parent only if you don't know the truth about me, only if you don't see the whole picture, because if you knew the whole picture, then you would take that label away. You would take your compliment back. You wouldn't still think of me as a great parent. So what can we do with these feelings? Before I go on and share that with you, I want you to just know that the show notes to this episode are over at theparentingjunkie.com forward slash 21. This is episode 21. And a quick note about that, just FYI, is that we're experimenting a little bit with the cadence of our publishing content. So what we'd like to try and do is move over our publishing day all to Monday, because we do YouTube on Monday. And we'd like to be really mindful of your inbox and not send you too many emails. So just a note, if you've signed up to receive emails about this podcast, our thoughts are to try and put all of that in the one weekly newsletter on Monday. So just a side note, but the show notes are at 21. Now, another note on that subject is if you're enjoying this podcast, I would absolutely love it if you tag me on Instagram at Parenting Junkie 
and tag some friends you think might enjoy it, it too. Tag your other parenting friends, parent friends. I mean, friends who are parents. You know what I mean, right? <laughs> tag your friends who are parents um, or, you know, caregiving young children and show me where you're listening to this episode. I love seeing that you're actually listening. I mean, I see the stats, but it's so cool to put faces to the names. And when you're at, you add it to your stories, like you're out on your jog or you're washing your dishes or you just screenshot it and tag me, it means the world to me. I really love to see that. So thank you. Okay, so back to the episode. We were talking about feeling like an imposter, feeling like I'm not a really good parent because if you saw me in my real dark moments or if you knew what it takes for me to be this parent, if you know how many, you know, how much money I've spent on therapy or if you knew, uh, you know, about my bad shopping habit or if you knew how much help I have at home, then you would know that I'm not really good, right? So when you feel this, when you feel this imposter syndrome, there are lots of different things you might do, right? You might block it out. You might just ignore it and deny it. But we know that denying feelings doesn't make them go away because feelings only leave us alone when they've been allowed to be felt and expressed. So you might try to deny them and kind of oppress them and ignore them. But typically, we then walk around feeling very uncomfortable. Feeling like an imposter is a very bad feeling. We're not comfortable in our own skin. And we're not able to own and celebrate our success, celebrate the ways that we are a good parent, right? And it also can tend to make us overinflate our egos to compensate. Like, oh, well, I'm a terrible mom because I yelled, but I'm an amazing mom because look at the cupcakes I make. <laughs> Right? We start to find ways to compensate in other ways instead of addressing the actual core issue. So what can we do instead? I'm going to share many different thoughts here and you're going to take the ones that work for you. My first thought on this is that everybody feels like they're not measuring up. I want to read you a quote from Noemi, who's a present player. Shout out to my present players. And Noemi's from Israel. And in a recent survey I did, she shared this and she allowed me to share it publicly. And she said, I compare myself to every single parent I meet. It's like out of this world. I see how they relate to their kids and always admire things like, wow, she's so calm and gentle. She's so relaxed. She sets boundaries wonderfully. She creates such a great bond with each child. She's so perfect with babies. And then comes the second thought of how can I be like her? I wish I could be perfect like her. I could never get to her level. So if you feel like you're not measuring up, my first thing that I want to tell you is you are not alone. This was one quote of many hundreds of parents. Everyone feels like they're not measuring up, like everybody else is perfect in some way. Whatever your Achilles heel is, whatever your sensitivity is, that's exactly what you're noticing in other people and feeling like you're not measuring up. But everybody else has their Achilles heel, right? Like for you, you may feel like your home is so cluttered and when you see someone's minimalistic home, you're like, wow, she's she's rocking it. She's, she's hit it out of the ballpark. Why can't I get my house in order, right? But for her, it's the fact that you're so playful with your kids and she finds it difficult to just let loose and be silly, right? Or for one of us, it's the fact that, oh, I wish I was in shape and I was going to the gym. And, and we look at people and we're like, wow, she's in shape and she's in shape and she's in shape. I want to be in shape too. Why aren't I getting moving? I'm, you know, I'm so lazy. And we start, you know, getting mean to ourselves about these things, judging ourselves about these things. Whereas that person might be looking at us and thinking, wow, how is she so relaxed? Or, you know, I don't know, why does her hair always look so good? Or why is she, you know, always willing to spend so much time with her kids? 
One person might be looking at a family and thinking, oh my gosh, wow, they have five kids and they always seem to have everything in order and everything runs like a Swiss train and isn't that beautiful and they're so organized and I only have one kid and I'm all over the place, right? And they're looking at you thinking, wow, that person really has all the time in the world to focus on that one child and they must have an amazing relationship and I have to split myself between five kids and maybe it's, you know, maybe I'm not measuring up to her because she has so much heart space and I always feel frazzled. These are, of course, just examples that I've heard from my clients, but there are so many more. So the first thing you need to know is you're not alone. Everybody feels like they're not measuring up. And if everybody feels it, then maybe the logic goes that no one's an imposter. I mean, if every single parent feels like they're an imposter and they're not measuring up, then maybe everybody measures up in the same degree. Like, maybe we can just drop the scales altogether and stop measuring. Just a thought. The next one, the next thought I have is around integrity and transparency. You know, if I do some, if I say I can do something that I can't do, then I'm not in integrity, right? If I say I do something that I don't do, if I, if I lie, right? If I present myself to be something I'm not, if I put out a face to the world that isn't true in my inner life, then it can feel like I'm out of integrity and then I can feel like an imposter, like I'm putting on some show and pretending. But if I don't pretend, if I don't act as if, then I'm not an imposter. You know, let me give you a personal example, which is that, you know, as you know, I talk a lot about peaceful parenting. You could even say that I teach peaceful parenting in some ways, right? But I hope you all know, and I try to repeat this as often as possible, that I'm still working on my own peaceful parenting, on my own temper. I have low lows. I have bad moments. I have many, many, many moments where please don't follow me and don't learn from me and don't even see me because I'm, you know, I feel ashamed of those and they're not, you know, good examples of what to do. But I usually don't feel like an imposter in that sense because I'm transparent with you and I'm transparent with everyone around me that although I'm here teaching this, I'm also still learning it. That I don't have it perfect. That my highlight reel is just a highlight reel. That it's not everything that goes on here. And I'll often share, you know, you can see my video on YouTube about one of my worst parenting moments where I I smashed my kid's Lego structure that he had just built because of my temper. It's, you know, that's not something I'm proud of, but it's not something I'm hiding. And that's why I don't feel like an imposter. And I think it can be really helpful to not feel like an imposter is just to ask yourself, am I not being transparent about something? Am I, you know, not in integrity? Am I pretending that I can do or that I do or that I deliver something that I don't? Because then, of course, I will feel like an imposter. But if I'm not, if I'm not lying, if I'm not pretending, if I'm not, you know, putting on a specific face to the world that isn't true behind closed doors, then I'm not an imposter. Now, just a caveat here or, or, you know, a disclaimer of sorts is it doesn't mean that you need to air your dirty laundry in public. In an age of oversharing, it doesn't mean that you always need to share everything. It doesn't mean that you can't put your best face on when you go out in the world. It doesn't mean that every stranger needs to know how you yelled at your kids in the morning. It just means that when we go out on Facebook and we're like, oh, my most perfect, amazing kid in the world and my most gorgeous, you know, stunning husband ever and I'm so hashtag blessed and happy, happy, happy. If 
behind the scenes of those pictures, we were, you know, yelling and arguing and actually really annoyed with each other over a big, you know, argument about the supermarket shopping, that's going to feel out of integrity. And then we're going to feel like an imposter. So you just don't have to come out with any big, bold statements that you don't feel you can stand behind. And then you're not an imposter. It's that easy, right? My next thought is to honor diversity. I think imposter syndrome is the sense that we're faking it, right? Pretending to be a mom or whatever, but really we're not. And what that suggests is that there's one way. There's one way to be a mom. There's one way to parent well. There's, you know, a dogmatic, uh, pre-meditated, pre, uh, uh, pre-prescribed uh, system and, you know, shape that you need to contort yourself into and fit into that mold. And if you don't, then you're not one. Then you don't qualify. You haven't met the standards and then you're faking it, right? But when you honor diversity, when you look around the world and you realize that there are so many different types of people, so many different types of families, so many different ways of raising healthy children, you know, there are so many different family formats, you know, from what we feed our children to how we sleep with our children, to how we raise them, to how we discipline them, to whether or not we work, to whether or not we have help, to whether or not we can afford different things, uh, you know, our relationships with our extended families, all of these things, to not to even mention the diversity of ethnicity or of ability or of sexuality or of um, neuro Uh, typical versus non-typical, all of those spectrums that we're all on when we realize that we're all on so many different sliding scales of of these spectrums. And we could be on any, any point in any one of these scales. And there are endless combinations of scales, right? Of all of these different spectrums in conjunction with each other. And that that can change at any moment. And I'll get into that further soon then it kind of feels silly. Like, what am I faking to be? It's not a one thing. It's not a, there's no definition of this job. There are so many different ways of being a parent. So I can't really fake it because it's diverse. And we celebrate that. We actually say, how beautiful. She's doing it that way and I'm doing it this way. Isn't that cool? It's like, we're not comparing a rose bush to a lily because they're different plants. And we celebrate that. That's beautiful. Lots of different flowers is beautiful. Well, lots of different parents and parenting styles and families and lifestyles and cultures and countries is beautiful too. So we can just drop that. We can just relax. There isn't one way. My next thought when you feel like an imposter is to realize it's not about you. Other people, you know, and this can sound like tough love, but I find it very liberating, is that other people are thinking about themselves. (laughs) When you go to the park, and your kid is acting out and you're like, oh, those moms are judging me. I mean, yeah, maybe they are. But a second later, they've forgotten all about it because now they're just worried that other people are judging them or they're just worried about their to-do list or about what they'll make for dinner or about, uh, you know, whether their bum looks big in those jeans. They're not thinking about you for very long. Uh, No one is thinking about anyone else for very long because we're all incredibly self-centered creatures and that's fine. It's liberating. Even when there's drama within your mom group or at school or a teacher called you in for a meeting or there needs to be an evaluation or a diagnosis or all these different, you know, high drama events where we feel like other people are judging us, other people are thinking about how we're parenting and how our family is or how our kid is or, you know, whatever it is. It blows over very quickly. Those things 
don't sustain because people move on and people think about something else. And yeah, people walk around judging. That's okay. That's fine. But really, it's not really about us very much at all. Other people judge you because they feel judged or because they sit in judgment of themselves or because that's just what they've gotten used to in their culture and they can't rise above it. It's not much to do with you. That's really the truth. It's just not much to do with you. But leading on from that is owning our greatness, owning the parts that are to do with you. One of the things that we do, especially as women, I think, we kind of have this self-deprecating humor, this deflection of any type of compliment in our direction, right? And on the one hand, I said, it's not about you. People aren't thinking about you very often, but even within your own mind, when someone does say something to you or when you say something to yourself, are you allowing yourself to own your greatness, to own your success, to own your achievements, to own your accomplishments, to own the parts of your parenting that are up to you? Listen, so much about the parenting experience has nothing to do with you. You can't choose your child's temperament, their genes, um, your culture that you live in, how other people interact with you, the climate, uh, you know, the home you were born into, all of the circumstantial stuff that you were born into and that your child was born into are largely arbitrary or you could say um, divinely chosen. It doesn't matter, but they're not up to you necessarily. Maybe you opted into them, you know, you signed some pre, uh, pre-life contract and said, this is, this is the life I want to live out. Maybe that's your spiritual belief Um, you know, that this incarnation is some kind of uh, contract that you have agreed to explore. Fine. But in any case, it doesn't matter what your belief system, in any case, there are many things that are not about you, that are beyond your ego's control. But then there are some things that you're doing, right? You're doing, you're hustling, you're working at, you're investing in. I mean, you're listening to a podcast about parenting, for crying out loud. You're clearly putting in the effort. You're clearly putting in the care, the heart space. You're clearly, you know, putting some elbow into it. And so own that. I mean, you know, your kids' behaviors or your family circumstance or how you parent, so much of it isn't something you can take the credit for or the blame for. So much of it is just, it is. It just is because it is, just like the weather. I mean, you cannot take the credit or the blame for a storm that's coming. And you can't take the credit or the blame for a big tantrum, right? But you can take some credit and also some responsibility for some of the things that are going on. And when you just own that piece, own the fact that it's not all about you, but that some of it is about you, then you can step away from feeling like an imposter. You can say, you know what? I know which bits I own and I own them fully and I'm proud of them or I'm working on them, or I'm ashamed of them. And that's okay too. It's okay for us to feel, you know what? These are the sides of my parenting that I am not proud of and that I'm working on, but that doesn't make me a fake. That just makes me someone who's learning. That just makes me human. Everybody makes mistakes. And this is my next thought. When you make mistakes, like you are yelling, losing your cool, spanking, getting angry, doing all the things that you don't want to be doing, or you're on your phone 24-7 in front of your kids, or whatever it is, feeding them cereal three meals a day for a week, whatever it is that you don't feel proud about, yeah? 
whatever you, it is that you're qualifying as a mistake, if you then let that mean, if you assign meaning to those quote unquote mistakes, that you are not a good parent, that you are not a parent, like I'm not a real mom because I don't cook three course dinners, or I'm not a real mom because I don't know, whatever it is, I'm not teaching my kids academics, or I am teaching my kids academics, or whatever it means for you, then allow me to say this kindly and gently, but it just means that you don't understand mistakes. Everyone at the top of every single field of, you know, industry makes mistakes. I mean, look at basketballers, okay? People who are NBA uh, all-stars. I hope I'm getting the terminology right, but you know, top basketball players. They miss most of their hoops. They miss most of their shots. Are those mistakes? Think about traders in the stock market, day traders. Most of the time, they lose money. I mean, trading stocks is their whole job, and most of the time, they're losing money. So if I could take those comparisons and put it onto parenting, what would that mean for you? I mean, for me, it would mean peaceful parents yell. Peaceful parents yell. They make mistakes. They punish. They bribe. They reward. They do timeouts. They even spank. They fall off the peaceful parenting bandwagon all the time. Does that mean they're not peaceful and intentional parents? Or does that just mean that mistakes are part of every single game that we play in this larger game of life? My next thought is get off Instagram from time to time. Everyone is not so happy. There is zero reason to compare your backstage to everybody else's front stage. In other words, on Instagram, you're seeing the highlight reel. You're seeing their edited, chosen images that they want to share with the world, right? Or on Facebook or wherever, on their Christmas cards. But you see your backstage. You see all of the messy, all of the stressy, all of the difficult, all of the process that goes into things. But you're just seeing their end product. So just, yeah, stop that from time to time. Another thought I have revolves around the connection between fitting in and belonging, right? Let me read you a Brene Brown quote, because Brene Brown. True belonging is not passive. It's not the belonging that comes with just joining a group. It's not fitting in or pretending or selling out because it's safer. It's a practice that requires us to be vulnerable, get uncomfortable, and learn how to be present with people without sacrificing who we are. If you want to stop feeling like an imposter, you need to stop trying to fit in. And instead, learn to belong. To belong to yourself, to accept yourself as you are. As different, as not exactly the same, as not going to fit the mold. You know, recently a friend, a dear friend, called me because she's considering pulling her child out of school and starting to homeschool them. And one of the things she said was, won't we be weird? Wouldn't this make him weird? And I kind of got this gut reaction where I was like, yeah, so? 
What's wrong with being weird? Since when did we say that fitting in and fitting the mold and being the same, same, samey as everybody else is something to aspire to? Why is being weird an insult? And who decided what normal is anyway? So <laughs> I got kind of activated because I just can't stand this idea that we shouldn't do things that are true for ourselves, that are good for ourselves, that feel healthy and kind and compassionate and vibrant in our lives because, oh, we might be, uh, you know, understood to be weird. We might not fit in. Who cares about fitting in with a society or with a group or with a school that says that you have to change who you are because who you are isn't gonna fit in. Well, then that's not real belonging. That's not real, you know, alignment and living with who we really are and loving ourselves and accepting who we are and accepting our children. We need to allow ourselves to just be the kind of parents we are, the kind of lifestyle we are. That's gonna grow and change and evolve, but in any given moment, you've gotta accept who you are, and then you will find the people and the places where you can belong. And in those places, you won't need to fit in. You won't need to make changes and edits to yourself. Now, of course, you're different in every environment. That's okay. You know, what you speak to your colleagues at work about and the, the you that you present to them might feel and is probably very different than the you that you present to your sister or to your partner or to your children or on an airplane or, you know, or on stage. There are many different facets to our personalities and that's fine as long as we still feel like we're in integrity with who we are, as long as we feel that those pieces fit together and don't actually contradict each other. We feel like an imposter when we're contradicting one part of ourself with another. When one part of ourself is paradoxical to another part of ourself. Like I'm pretending, I'm acting as if, and if I get found out, if someone knows what I really am like behind closed doors, then I'll, you know, it will be a, it will be a disaster. I'll be discovered as a fraud. That's imposter syndrome. And you know, I am very different in the privacy of my own home than I am here on my podcast. And I'm very different in, you know, my co-op with my other homeschooling buddies than I am when I go to a funeral. I behave in different ways, right? Some places I'll be more silly, more relaxed, more, uh, you know, kind of withdrawn. Um, but I wouldn't be embarrassed or I strive not to be embarrassed or feel caught, you know, if one group of people who knows me discovered how I am with another group of people or what I behave like behind closed doors. I don't think anyone here would be very surprised uh, at what they would find if they followed me around with a spy camera. Please don't do that. Um, you wouldn't be very, very surprised. It would just be a little bit of a different side of me, but basically, you know, basically similar to everything else you know about me, right? I think that's when we feel okay with ourselves. We feel like a fraud when we try to fit in, right? So I also, leading on from this fitting in and belonging and accepting yourself is the idea of focusing on what you feel comfortable doing. 
because I promise your superpower seems like nothing to you. You probably don't even know it's a superpower. I mean, maybe you have the uncanny ability to stay focused reading book after book after book, and you can read 10 books in a row without getting irritated and tired. You could read to your children and you're like, a library superpower, <laughs> superhero, right? And for other parents, that's like, wow, how does he have so much patience? But for you, that's like, oh, isn't that what everybody does? Or maybe you keep a really neat home. Or maybe you make really healthy food and it's delicious. Or maybe you're an incredible hostess and you're just so welcoming and inviting. Or maybe you're super playful and you know how to get silly and tickle and have fun and, and, and roughhouse and do all the things. Side note, please don't write me emails about tickling. <laughs> or maybe um, you are great at planning adventures. Or maybe you're awesome at playing Lego. I bet you have a lot of superpowers. And you know what? Just focus on those. Stop trying to do things that you don't feel comfortable doing and that don't align with what you love. You don't have to do those things. You can just do the things that feel like you and that's okay. And then you're not an imposter because you're not faking it. Now on the flip side of that is the just do it, you know? That's the opposite side of this is if there are things that you want to do that are outside your comfort zone, it doesn't make you an imposter, it just makes you someone who's learning, right? If you feel like you're not really a peaceful person, but you wanna be one, or you wanna be a non-judgmental person, just remember that everybody starts somewhere. I mean, have you ever seen a baby learning to walk? One moment they can't walk and then they're starting to crawl and then they're starting to cruise and then they take one wobbly step and then they take another and at some point, walking becomes part of what they can do. Are they an imposter? <laughs> Are they a fraud? Are they not really walking because really they're a baby and they're just faking it? That's how people learn. You fake it till you make it. You take those steps. So if you want to do it, just do it until it becomes who you are. Smile if you want to be happier. Sing if you want to feel lighter. You know, laugh if you want to be more silly and fun. Just do it. Have a dance party. It will make you feel happier for real. You feel like a grumpy pants or like you're not a peaceful parent, put on a sugary voice. <laughs> you don't have to be really fake, but you need to tell your brain, I'm gonna speak sweetly and I'm gonna speak calmly. And it's not about being inauthentic, it's about teaching yourself to adopt a new skill. If you speak kindly and sweetly, then it will make you kinder for real. If you put a smile on your face, it makes you happier for real. And that's backed up by research. So just, you know, on the one hand, own what you do, love what you do. But on the other hand, allow yourself to stretch and change. And you've got to remember, and this is my next thought, you are constantly changing. You are constantly changing on a cellular level. You are not the same you as you were since the beginning of this podcast. You're not. You've changed. Your brain has connected all these synapses and all these neural pathways. I hope I'm saying those right. And now you're different. You're biologically, chemically different. Things have changed. If I say you are a particular kind of parent, what does that even mean? Can we get philosophical for a moment? What does you refer to? Are you the same you as you were 20 years ago as a baby in the womb last week? Are you the same you as you woke up this morning? Am I referring to you, all your social labels? 
or your name or how other people view you or your career, your job title? Am I referring to this lump of meat that is you, this stack of cells that is you? What am I referring to? People change all the time. You could be so many different things in this lifetime from one moment to the next. You're not an imposter. A better way of looking at this would be, I'm an eternal student. I'm, you know, gonna eat a slice of humble pie and say, yeah, I'm a mom, whatever that means, right? I have children. <laughs> However, you wanna explain what that means, right? There are so many ways of being a parent. There are so many ways. So I'm this particular kind of parent. I happen to be a you know, biological parent of four children of these ages, of these genders, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's my story. Your story is your story. But we have lots to learn along the way. And I'm just having this very particular human experience with these particular children. And there are endless variations of other ways of having it. And eating humble pie means that we remember that our downfalls are our learning experiences. I like the quote, and I'm going to botch it, but the quote that says, you're either getting the results you want or you're learning, right? If you're not getting the results that you want, then you're getting a learning experience and both are valuable. You're learning what doesn't work. That's valuable too. One of the ways that we can extinguish imposter syndrome is to speak our vulnerabilities out loud. When we actually say, hey, you know, I feel like I'm messing this up. But we ask other people, does this ever happen to you? Is this normal? Side note, what does normal even mean? I don't know. But when you say, hey, does this sound weird? Or am I off, you know, am I off here? Am I getting something wrong? Am I the only one? Or how does this seem to you? What's your experience with this? When we normalize the feeling of uncertainty in parenting, Okay, I'm not sure about this. I don't know how I feel about this. I'm going back and forth. I'm debating. I'm worried I'm getting it wrong. When you're able to speak that to a friend, speak it to your journal, speak it to your partner, speak it in your Facebook group. Um, and you can join mine, Love Parenting with Avital, one of the least judgmental places on earth. You can just extinguish that sense of being an imposter because you're owning your vulnerabilities. And I'll leave you with a little bit of a more morbid note, because I like a bit of morbidity in my own life, which is that we're all gonna die. And that's it, our lives will be over. We're gonna die, it could be in a moment, it could be in a hundred years from now, but at some point our bodies expire and we're done with this life. And so how much time do we have to waste feeling, you know, apologetic for who we are? and for how we're doing things. All of those qualifiers that you had, like I have just one kid, or I have only this, or I, yeah, but I work, or but I get help, or but I homeschool, but I don't homeschool, but I live in this country, but I have this privilege, but I am from this culture, whatever. All of those qualifiers that apologize for who you are as a parent, for who you are as a family, they're wasting time. They're wasting energy. You could be spending that energy building up a sense of love, a sense of pride, a sense of joy and connection within your family. A sense of, we're rocking this, we're awesome. It's going great <laughs> for all of its downfalls and you know uphill battles and all of the challenges. We are who we are. We're perfectly imperfect, we're human, and there is no such thing as perfect or the real deal. We're all the real deal. 
I celebrate diversity. I celebrate lots of different ways. This is, happens to be my particular human experience and it's valuable. It's as valuable as the next person's. So I invite you to expand your perception of what being a good mother or good parent means and realize there are many ways. I love when Dr. Shefali was asked about Oprah and she was asked, wait, but why is Oprah talking about parenting? She, she's not even a mother. And Dr. Shefali's answer was, if someone thinks that Oprah Winfrey is not a real mother, then she deeply misunderstands what motherhood really means. And I love that because for me, it was a aha moment of expanding my perception of what being a mother means, of what it means to parent others, of what it means to take on this role. It doesn't mean you're necessarily a biological mother or a stay-at-home mother or a breastfeeding mother or a co-sleeping mother or a mother to many or all of those things. There are lots of ways of being a good parent. Lots of ways. If you want to hear more on some of the ways that I feel like I'm an imposter, where this creeps in for me, where I kind of suck at some parenting stuff, I want to invite you to my YouTube channel where this week I'll be sharing what are the peaceful parenting things that I suck at and one of the things that I kind of own my own greatness in. And I'm going to be inviting you to do the same. So just head on over to YouTube for that. And remember, keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste.